The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your Buffalo Bills podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by my co-host Jamie D'Amico here on the pod. And uh, Jamie, it's it's exciting. You know, this uh, we're, we're witnessing some history out here today as the Buffalo Bills are 8-3 and three for the first time since the 1996 season, thanks to a uh, 20-3 win over the Denver Broncos at a blustery New Era field on Sunday. Jamie, let's go back in the time capsule. Where were you and how old were you the last time the Bills were 8-3? and three? I was, let's see, 1996 was the beginning of my junior year at the University of Dayton, and I did not see many games because I was in uh, Cincinnati Bengals country down there, and there was no Buffalo Bills bars nearby. I didn't have a car. There was one sports bar right at the edge of campus and you know they they weren't inclined to show it uh so i was spending most of my weekends going out to see live music uh especially going to fish concerts and um fancying myself as a music snob and perhaps even dipping my toe into the hippie waters i don't know I was going to say, Jamie, you're you're mixing in music snob with fish. I don't know if those two have ever been used in the uh, the same sentence before. No, no, they they do. I, I swear, there there's people like me that thought that fish was um, a, a next level band. Um, past tense. <laughs> Hey, I, listen, I've gone to a couple of fish shows myself back in the day. I love the appreciation of a, a good 20 minute jam session. And, uh, you know, there's some other fun elements that go into a fish concert as well that are pretty, pretty <laughs> enjoyable for the for the fans of the music base out there. If you catch my drift, whatever do you mean, John? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have any new sponsor possibilities out there with this segment that we're drawing in here on Believe. But uh, the point being made is that it's been a long, <laughs> long time. It's been 23 years. I myself was a pimple faced sophomore in high school uh, trying to find his way through life and figuring out what the next chapter of my journey was going to be. I still don't know what that next chapter is going to be, but we're loving 
every minute of the fact that the Bills are eight and three on the year. The defense was dominant on Sunday. Uh, Brandon Allen looked like a JV quarterback. No, a freshman quarterback going up against the varsity. It was awesome to see the way the Bills just took care of business. And Jamie, I think the first thing we'll start with here on the pod is just how many Bills fans took that deep <sighs> exile, exhale, because Buffalo just destroyed an inferior opponent at home and took care of business the way that most Bills fans were hoping for. This is the second game in a row where there hasn't been any doubt. Like at no point in the last two games was the outcome of this uh, of the game in question. And that was something that we as fans needed after that loss to Cleveland. You know, it, we've been talking about it as the season has gone on, and a lot of people have, the Bills are pretenders. They're not as good as their record. And, you know, this may be true. However, when you get wins like this, you start feeling a little bit more confident about your team. And really, it helped them to, I think, get some of the kinks worked out, whether it be the the deep passing game or they're getting the run defense shorn up. It, they're looking pretty good going into the toughest part of their schedule. I'll give you some stats here. And if you're a Broncos fan, A, we appreciate you checking out the opposition here on Believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, but it's going to make our Bronco fans uh, puke and our Bills fans shout for joy. The Broncos had a total of 49 net passing yards, 85 total rushing yards, 134 total yards of offense. They went two for 11. That's 18% on third down and averaged less than three yards per play. The fourth lowest total for any team in any NFL game this season. An unbelievable stretch of dominance for the Bills, pitching their third first half shutout of the year. It was only 6 nothing at the half. I get why Bills fans might have been a little leery, but no one who was there at that game and nobody who was really watching on TV, I think ever had the feeling that, you know, the Bills are in trouble today. And it was really nice to take care of uh, of business out there. I think what was best for me, Jamie, was just the way that, you know, the Bills and Leslie Frazier never let a rookie quarterback in Brandon Allen get comfortable. He was harassed and he was harangued all day long. Um, he really never was able to feel comfortable. Uh, in the second half, especially, he was three of 14 for four yards. That's right. He had three completions for four passing yards. I mean, you're right. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. And the defense to me really took care of its business. There should have been so many more interceptions by this Buffalo defense. But Jamie, I guess looking at what the defense did and limiting, this team does have playmakers. Tredavious White stepped up big time. Cortland Sutton was a non-factor. Uh, Philip Lindsay did okay, but he wasn't the game-changing back that the Broncos have come to expect. And, uh, you know, it was just a really impressive to watch the way the Bills clamped down on Denver's playmakers. After that first 20-yard reception to Cortland Sutton, I thought, oh, God, are we going to be seeing this all day long? It looked like, in hindsight, though, that that might have been a busted coverage on defense. And Trey White, man, he is playing as well as any defender in this league right now. And I really liked seeing his teammates, especially Micah Hyde, talking about him after the game, saying, if this guy isn't a first-team All-Pro, who is? Because he's doing it week in and week out, and they've really, they've really taken to matching him up against the team's best receiver as opposed to just having him play one side as he did previously in the season. 
I'm liking what they're doing. I'm liking the way he's playing. And that four yards of passing offense, you don't see stats like that too often in the NFL. It, it was a it was a good defensive effort to hang your hat on, for sure. And the fact that you're right, the first play target, uh, pass target thrown towards Sutton's way, he catches, and then the next seven targets uh, were incomplete, did not find a way into Sutton's arms. Trey White had, I believe, four knockdowns. He had one interception when the Broncos were actually in a rare position to score. Uh, he made three tackles, and Trey White really has cemented himself as Bills fans knew how good he was. I know there were some questions during the offseason, and he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year, but Trey White has put all those fears on the back burner. He is one of the best lockdown corners in the league, and you're right. The fact that he's not just sticking to a side, he's shadowing and tailing the opposing team's best wide receiver and having great results. It was impressive to watch the way that Trey White clamped down on Cortland Sutton, who was the number two wide receiver in the AFC heading into the contest. He will clearly plummet in those rankings after his one reception for 27-yard effort on the day. Matt Milano, too, is another guy that deserves a lot of credit for this defense and how stout they were against the Broncos. He has had a gangbusters last two weeks on Sunday against the Broncos. He had six total tackles. He got after Brandon Allen three times with hurries. He was great in coverage, three pass breakups for the Boston College product. And Matt Milano, Bills fans really have to love the way he has bounced back you know, from an injury plague season last year to show that the Bills have one of the best and I think most underrated linebacking cores in the league when you break down Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and Lorenzo Alexander. Milano has been playing fast recently. You see him getting around the field with a real sense of urgency, and he almost seems like he's a step ahead of where he was earlier in the season. You know, it's sort of the the mid part of the year, he seemed like he was a little bit slow diagnosing plays, and he was definitely struggling to get off of blocks in the running game. That's not been an issue. And I also want to point out the excellent play by Ed Oliver. He was... He was a madman on defense, playing like his hair is on fire and was really wreaking havoc in the running game. He's not getting as many snaps as Jordan Phillips right now, but I think that we're going to see it kind of sway back in his direction. And for only four snaps, no, I'm sorry, only two snaps on Sunday, did you see Phillips and Oliver on the field at the same time? I would be interested to see what would happen if the two of them were put in there on passing downs to and told just to pin their ears back, go after the quarterback. Also, Shaq Lawson with two sacks. And I know people want to get excited about that, but let's call it a spade a spade here. He wasn't blocked on those plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the one where he his second of his two sacks, he basically treated Brandon Allen like a rag doll, just tossing him around, uh, getting the Bills, uh, the Broncos pinned back near their own goal line at that point. And it was so fun to watch. You're right. Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson, and even Starla Tuile have a really solid performance out there, too. It's great for the veteran star to uh, to bounce back after a couple of down weeks. He's back to his run clogging lane clogging self. Uh, again, the Broncos were held in check almost all game long against this Buffalo Bills defense. And it was really impressive to watch the way that, you know, Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, this was a single team effort by the defense to clamp down and force. Now, granted, the Broncos are not a juggernaut in any way, shape, or form, but this team did have a 20 to nothing lead over a really good Minnesota Vikings team. And the Bills just made them look like they didn't even get off the bus. Yeah, it it, it was 
utterly dominant by the Bills from the beginning. Despite coming out of the first half with only six points, the game wasn't nearly as close as the score. Buffalo absolutely dominated and had very efficient but long drives on both of those uh, drives that resulted in field goals. It seemed like they were going to keep that up as the game went along, and it did, but they also got better and turned those field goals into touchdowns. I liked what we saw. I I really did all the way around. It it seemed good. The runs on early downs to Devin Singletary haven't been as effective over the past couple of weeks, especially the outside zone runs, but I'm glad that they stuck with it because really taking, taking the air out of the ball is what's going to be a winning formula for this team going forward. Well, and the fact that I'm glad you mentioned Devin Singletary, he went over hundred yards for the first time in his young career, 106 total rushing yards on 21 carries, a robust five yards per carry average. Um, his last five games, the motor is averaging 6.3, 4.8, 5.3, 5.0 and 5.0 yards per carry. He's got at least 5.8 yards per carry on the season, which leads all of the NFL's qualifying running backs. And a lot of credit. Yes, Singletary should get a lot of the credit. He bounced back after last week's first down woes to have some pretty good production on first down for the Buffalo Bills. But let's give it up for Bobby Johnson and the offensive line. Bobby Johnson being the offensive line coach of the Bills. If you had told me Heading into this game, the Buffalo Bills would have one of their best rushing performances of the year, and Mitch Morris would have gone down uh, with a hand injury. I would have called you crazy, but the Bills had 238 rushing yards on the day, on a day when, again, Mitch Morris went down. John Feliciano steps up. This unit did not miss a beat. Now, we hope that Morris is not out for too long, but this offensive line between Feliciano, between Spencer Long, you know, Deion Dawkins, and Cody Ford, I tell you, Von Miller did not look like the Von Miller that we saw from a couple years ago. Not taking anything away from Cody Ford shutting down the reigning, uh, the former league MVP, but Cody Ford was just incredible, I felt like, and really had the best game of his career too, his very young career. Um, Only one sack against Josh Allen on the day the pocket was protected very nicely by this offensive line. I give Cody Ford a lot of credit too. I paid a lot of attention to him over the course of the game, especially early on, and he acquitted himself incredibly well. He seemed like he had Von Miller under control the majority of the time, and I was happy to see both that and Josh Allen is stepping up and standing tall in the pocket. He's not bailing out like he did during a couple games when he wasn't playing as well. That's exactly what you want to see out of a guy that size. And really doing some shifting in the pocket, only taking off when needed. We're seeing an excellent progression in Josh Allen over the course of this year. And of course, you know, there's going to be some moments where he goes backwards or even some games where he goes backwards. But we're seeing his overall body of work. It's He's still in an upward slope in his development. And speaking of the offense, I thought Brian Dable called a good game. We've been questioning him quite a bit recently and for very good reason. But I I would say that I was happy with what they did when they were committed to the run and they were putting together those really long drives. 
I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, no, the Bills definitely had some prolonged uh, scoring drives out there. It was impressive to watch the way that Josh Allen acquitted himself. This was, you know what? I know the Bills only won 20 to 3. And Josh Allen only was 15 of 25, but he completed 60% of his passes for the eighth time in 11 games this year, which was a big knock on him after his rookie year, the lack of, of accuracy. This also, to me, was huge for Josh Allen and the offense to succeed against a top-notch top-level defense. The Broncos, I believe, came into the game as the fifth stingiest pass defense in the league. And Allen, who has struggled against pretty good defenses, he had that nightmare game against the New England Patriots. He had a good first half, but fell off in the second half against the Eagles. Josh Allen has not been up to the test when it comes to really torching and shredding a top-level defense. He did on Sunday, and the two plays that stand out to me the most, they're easy to pick on because they were the touchdowns, but the awesome strike to Cole Beasley for the touchdown, and then the deep ball to John Brown, which I still cannot believe the referees originally called that an incomplete pass. Thank God they overturned that and uh, common sense prevailed because there would have been a mutiny on their hands if that beautiful touchdown pass had somehow been ruled an incomplete pass. Yeah, that would have been awful. That pass actually traveled 50 yards through the air, and it was a strike. Finally, Josh, you got it. You got that monkey off your back. Let's uh, hope that the confidence builds from there. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I got to imagine this whole team's confidence, Jamie, is pretty, pretty high, sky high right now. And it's great. You know, listen, the Bills at eight and three, they have a real character test coming up the final five games of the year. This is by far their toughest stretch. But you know what? The Bills put themselves in a position to succeed by taking care of the teams that they should take care of, with the one exception being the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that game is one that I wish Buffalo still had to be at nine and two, but being eight and three with six wins in the conference and a two game lead on the wild card for, and the bills are the wild card leaders right now. They have a two game lead in the wild card race. Bills fans have to feel pretty good about where Buffalo stands heading into this brutal stretch of games, which begins of course on Thursday uh, Thanksgiving, the bills will be playing their first Thanksgiving game in 25 years. And they travel to the lone star state to take on the Dallas Cowboys who right now are not looking like a formidable foe that they once were thought to be when the season began. So I think it's great that the bills, even though they're two games behind the Patriots for the division, thanks Cowboys for not winning that game and making this more of a competitive race. 
for the AFC East title there. Yeah, right. I mean, now those conditions were miserable, but the Cowboys to me, and this kind of segues nicely into our, we're not going to do a full preview podcast for our, for, for Thursday's Thanksgiving game, but we're going to kind of fit some thoughts in right here. Unless Jamie, anything else you want to talk about more from uh, week, week, week 12 before we move on to uh, the Cowboys? Mm, nope. I like it. Oh no, there is, there's one thing. Oh my gosh. I'm an idiot. How can we not have talked about this before? Congratulations to the ageless Frank Gore for moving into third place all time on the rushing list. What an accomplishment. Uh, Frank Gore had a monster game for the Buffalo Bills yesterday, getting, I believe, 63 yards on the ground on 15 hard-fought carries. Sorry, 65 yards on 15 carries, a 4.3-yard per average run out there for the future Hall of Famer. It was great to see Frank Gore eclipse Barry Sanders for third place all time on the rushing list he only trails Emmett Smith and Walter Payton and it was just so cool to watch Frank Gore get that milestone and I thought what was even cooler was in the locker room afterwards um, Devin Singletary is talking about Frank Gore and getting his personal milestone and Frank Gore kind of chimes in to one of the reporters hey ask the kid about his first ever 100 yard rushing game I thought that was a really cool moment for you know the the elder statesman of the Bills running room and uh, their rookie mm-hmm but uh I don't care. Frank Gore is not a real Bill. Whoa, whoa. I mean, for this year, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He's, he's, what, what does it mean to be a real Bill, Jamie? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you got to be with the team, for, I, either drafted by the team or have played with them for a full season. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm becoming this grumpy old man who wants kids off my lawn and uh, only wants Bill's players that are uh, – Draft picks are veterans with the Bills. Well, Frank Gore is certainly a veteran. I'm such an asshole. I know, man. Man, what what got in your uh, what got in your holiday spirit? We got the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving, the Bills are <laughs> no, eight and three, right? and like here you are, kind of you know criticizing uh, Frank Gore for not being a lifelong Bill. But uh, you know, you can't argue this, Jamie. The fact that this offense really does seem to be having a new level of confidence. You pointed out Brian Dable and the game calling and the play calling that he had from the box yet again. This whole offense has been totally different now that he's moved from the sidelines up to the press box. They're going to have a tough, tough challenge on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Now, this game, the Bills opened up as a seven-point underdog um, on the road, which usually usually road teams are dogs of three points or so. Uh, that's what the NFL, that's what Vegas rather values as a home field advantage. But to me, I can't wait to see how this game plays out, Jamie. It's the middle of the three football games on your football Thanksgiving. Buffalo to me has every opportunity to make a huge statement win. Beating the Broncos and thoroughly dominating them was great. Stomping the fish twice, including the most recent performance, which was the Bills' best game offensively and defensively, was great. But if you go to Big D, if you go to Dallas and knock off quote-unquote America's team, which is such a bullshit moniker for a team that has, what, two playoff wins in the last 25 years, but it's a statement if Buffalo goes down to Dallas and gets this win. Do you think the Bills, uh, what do you size up as their chances? It's interesting because... Earlier in the season, the Bills have played two teams that really had their back up against the walls. There was the Eagles that had some public fighting amongst themselves. And then you had the Browns that were completely falling apart leading into the week against Buffalo. And they, I mean, the Eagles really took it to the Bills and the Browns won an ugly game against them. 
I don't know what to think here because it seems like after Sunday's loss to the Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys are being written off. But you know what? It wasn't that bad of a game. It was really sloppy conditions. And you can't say that the Patriots played substantially better than the Cowboys did. They just happened to you know do a couple things better in lousy conditions. The Cowboys worry me. Um, they, I thought at this point, would be would be playing for playoff position, hopefully, you know, trying to get into Super Bowl, hopefully for them, that is. Doesn't seem to be working out that way. Jerry Jones has just criticized his coaching staff, which is, I don't know if that's a, a motivational technique or if he really has soured on Jason Garrett. But, you know, th- this is going to be a tough one. You know, they they have a strong run game. Dak Prescott has been good this year. And while the record isn't great, they have an excellent amount of talent on defense too, both offense and defense. They're a very talented team and should probably have a better record than they do. But let me digress for a moment and ask you about this. What do you think of Jerry Jones, especially his propensity to go to the press with his frustrations? I think Jerry Jones is one of those owners who meddles way too much in his team's affairs. He has given way too much leeway to his head coach, Jason Garrett, who has not produced much of anything for this Cowboys team that is used to uh, back in the, you know, the seventies and the nineties winning Super Bowls and being a perennial champion uh, for the Dallas Cowboys out there. I think that Jerry Jones if you know he forced out Jimmy Johnson because of the egos couldn't be in the same room together at the same time so i guess it's karma making its way forward and uh you know the cowboys i don't i don't i don't feel bad for them in any way shape or form i love watching them suffer i hope the bills can put the hammer on them on thursday i mean i mean it like it would be so cool for buffalo to have the national this counts as like two primetime games really because you know that you know your casual football fans your grandma and your grandpa and your aunt and uncle who don't know anything about football they're going to be watching the game and if this team from western new york can make a solid statement out there i think the reason i give the bills a lot of chance to win this game is especially if there's no long-term injury with, you know, with Mitch Morse, the O-line is really rounding into form. Josh Allen is playing at an extremely confident level right now. And the Cowboys are vulnerable. You know, Ezekiel Elliott is not the top five back that he's been for most of his career. Dak Prescott is, is good and he's going to get $40 million a year as the next quarterback up. But you know, he is not lighting the world on fire. And guess what, Jamie, you and I had just as many catches yesterday as Amari Cooper did. Now, granted, Stefan Gilmore gets a lot of credit for being a lockdown corner, but this Cowboys team is erratic and inconsistent. So I don't know, maybe they break out, put it all together on Thursday, but I feel pretty good about the Bills chances to at least keep this one pretty competitive. It would be wonderful, especially because you ready for this. My mother has hosted really every major holiday in my family for my entire life. I can only think of like a, a few occasions, whether it be uh, you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, wh- whatever you have, Arbor Day. So we always at my parents' house. This year, my mother said, you know what? I don't think I want to host Thanksgiving this year. Uh, let's just go out to dinner. I really just want to chill out and watch the bills. <laughs> oh. Mrs. D'Amico out there earning some bonus points for being cool. And I, I can't wait for my invite to get in the mail, Jamie, for the next Arbor Day party that your family hosts. <laughs> oh, man, we uh, we really do it good.
<laughs> well, hopefully uh, we're all in a good mood on on Thursday. What do you think is your uh, your final score prediction for this? Bills game? are pulling this one off. It's going to be close, twenty to seventeen. Wow. You know, I swear to you, before you said it, I was going to say 20 to 16. So I'm sticking with it. The price is right theory is in effect and the Bills will get a win. I say 20 to 16. Jamie says 20 to 17. And my God, if the Bills. But wait, 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 wait. Do you really believe that or are you saying that because you know that our fans will destroy us on Twitter? I, you know what, Jamie, maybe it's because I actually have some time off coming up and get to get out of Dodge for a while and life is pretty good right now, but I feel good about this Buffalo Bills team. I feel that, you know what? Screw it. Why not believe? Why not have the faith in this team? Because for so long, we've been waiting for the other shoe to fall and the sky to come crumbling down. The Bills are going to go into Dallas. They're going to shock the so-called national experts and get to nine and three on the year. And we will have a hell of a lot to celebrate. I love it, man. I love it. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Believe Podcast. For my colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino, wishing all of Believe and Buffalo Bills fans a happy Thanksgiving. For Jamie, I'm John Boccasino. Follow us on social media at Buff Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Signing off for Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.